0: Welcome to Podcast Hackers, the show for podcasters, by podcasters. Here, each episode, you'll hear from the best and brightest podcasters and learn how they're growing their audience, monetizing their shows, and making an impact through podcasting. And now, your host, Craig Hewitt. All right, welcome back to another episode of Podcast Hackers. Today, we have on Andy Alsop from The Receptionist. Andy, how are you doing? Doing great, Craig. How are you today? Doing great. Doing great. Glad we could connect, and uh, yeah, I think this will be a really fun episode today, because uh, we get to talk about kind of podcasting for business, which is uh, something we talk about maybe not as often as as you might expect on this show, but for folks who don't uh, know you or the receptionist, do you want to give a little background on kind of yourself and, and what got you into podcasting?: Sure, no problem so I'm a
1: 20 plus year entrepreneur and I've had several many different startups. Um, dating back to uh, many years ago, but I've also been an entrepreneur in a technology entrepreneur, I should say, in New Mexico, uh, of all places. And after having gone through uh, a bunch of different startups, um, I decided that I wanted to see what the Colorado uh, entrepreneurial community was like, and so I transitioned my entrepreneurial spirits in July of 2014 to, um, to Denver. I actually bought the company uh, that is now podcasting. It's called The Receptionist. And it's a visitor management system uh, based on an iPad. And it's for checking in visitors as they come in uh, to an office. And once they check in and they answer questions and they sign documents and they have a badge printed, the application will then notify the person they're there to see. So it really takes care of the whole visitor management um, side of things. And uh, my director of marketing and I were talking about doing a podcast. And uh, we actually worked closely with uh, Intercom. Um, uh, I'm sorry, not with Intercom, with uh, Audience Ops. Uh, We do work with Intercom as well. Um, But we worked with Audience Ops that was uh, launching a new product. And they became what we like to call our sharpshooter for us. They had a lot of the tools and a lot of the individuals and the structure necessary to help us with podcasting. And um, that gave us sort of a t- turnkey solution to getting into podcasting. For us, podcasting is is very important. It gives us the ability to reach uh, different people, uh, both with our message about the receptionist, but not only that, about uh, what we're doing as we are growing and the journey where we are on as a startup um, and what, what struggles we're running into and things like that. So we're combining the two together. And it gives us a a medium where we don't necessarily have to be on the phone with somebody or where somebody might not want to have to read a blog post or they're busy at work or whatever. Uh, podcasting is a great way to reach that audience. And I know myself and almost everybody in our company, we listen to podcasts all the time. And that's, that's a way we get a lot of really important information, so we wanted to sort of join and um, put our uh, bring our voice to the table.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. So uh, it sounds like the, the the podcast is really kind of twofold, right? So it's about you and your business uh, and, and kind of what you guys are doing at the receptionist, but also a bit of kind of the the future of work, uh, maybe like remote culture, startup stories, things like that. is that Is that accurate? Exactly. That is. I mean, we are new to podcasting. We've done,
1: we've recorded a total of three episodes at this point. But even in those three episodes, we've really already talked about a lot of the different topics that might be important to our customers. Maybe how do you choose a visitor management system? What do you look for in a visitor management system? But one of the things that uh, we were talking about in our last podcast were Things like uh, something we talk about all the time here, which is PND syndrome, which is the person nearest the door. And the mm-hmm. person who's nearest the door in an office environment is the person who's constantly getting um, bothered by anybody who com- is coming in for a meeting. And so our solution helps solve that. Um, so that's on the, on the business side of things. And then we get into radical support, which is something that's part of our core culture. And in our last episode, we talked um, about our own culture and what a lot, what led us to radical support, which is a tenant. We talk about It's something that is very important to us and that we are providing our customers with a radical experience. And there's a lot of discussion of how did you get there? Well, a lot of it was about our own need to determine what is our culture, what are our core values, and how do we follow those. So it kind of gets all mixed up into one, and I think that that can be very interesting for other entrepreneurs who are um, working on growing their businesses and how they want to um,
0: see their business go. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I love the, the, the concept of mixing uh, a couple of different, I'll say parts of your world, maybe a couple of different worlds together, even uh, in a single show. Cause I think it, what it really ends up doing is building a, a really comprehensive brand probably for you and your organization that you, you guys talk about the, the core of what you do. We also talk about, your Your core beliefs and values as an organization and the things that that you see out there in the world and how you're trying to help kind of foster this idea of radical support uh, so yeah, I think that's fantastic. I think for maybe the lesson for folks out there is it doesn't have to be laser focused exactly on one thing. you can have a comprehensive kind of view of the whole picture of what you want to relay to folks, right. Exactly.
1: And there's something I think that's unique about podcasting is that you can hear somebody's voice. You can hear their intonation. So if you're writing a blog post or you're trying to do email marketing or whatever else, it's very difficult to communicate really the passion behind what you're trying to do or the feeling or what maybe the problem that, that you're trying to solve. But when you hear people talking about it, you learn so much more about it just from the intonation of their voice and the characteristics of the words that they use. So Um, I think it's such a unique platform and it's such a um, a far more powerful way to really communicate what is going on. So when I'm talking about our core values, I get very excited and I get very animated because we've taken a lot of time to really think those through. And so uh, the podcasting platform really allows you to communicate that voice uh, much more um, succinctly and also much more authentically
0: to your audience. Sure, sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, kind of looking at the the goal and the vision of the podcast for for your organization, because uh, I think there's a lot of people out there who are businesses and saying, "I feel like I should be podcasting, right?" But I don't know why or what or what I expect to get out of it. Um, the 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 measurement of ROI of a podcast is arguably pretty difficult. I think uh, directly for a lot of organizations. How do you view? Uh, kind of the the purpose and what would be considered successful for your podcast in say six months.
1: I think the purpose is to be able to communicate um, specifically with our customers and also fellow entrepreneurs because that's really important to me. Is that the journey that we're taking to build this business that I can help other entrepreneurs take lessons away from that? In addition to talking about things that are important in the visitor management space, so as we are introducing new features and that type of thing, if we have followers, the, the followers will be listening to our podcast, learning both what it's like to, to run a business and to grow a business over time, and at the same time, learning about what a visitor management system can, can do for you. ROI right, is very is, I'd say difficult, maybe not very difficult, but I think that what I would see is success is the number of subscribers uh, in an iTunes environment or a Google Play environment or any of the others where you can consume your podcast and the number of downloads and listens. Um, I'd like to see that go up over time. If we're successful and if we're communicating a message that people are interested in and want to follow, then I expect that the number of, of downloads and the number of subscribers that we receive over time will grow. And that means that we're getting another avenue for our message to be able to communicate with our audience.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, that's very fair. You guys are obviously really savvy uh, marketers and content creators. So I'd be interested from a very personal perspective <laughs> for me and maybe a little selfishly to hear about how you are uh, you and your director of marketing are, are viewing the, the content strategy and the types of things you want to talk about on the podcast Versus the other media that you create?
1: Well, I mean, I would say that a lot of it is the um, when we're putting our message out there, we want to be able to put that message out in uh, the variety of different formats so that um, the audience is consuming it the way they want to and and the way they find uh, the easiest to consume. I'm not expecting that all of our customers are into podcasts. I know that that probably won't be the case, but what we're doing is. We're spending a lot of time, for instance, focusing on industries where we have um, really succeeded and done well, um, and then being able to um, speak to those specific industries through maybe an industry page on our website, and then putting together a blog post uh, that has to do with it, and then tweeting about it, and then putting together a podcast that talks about how our set software is going to help somebody in that industry. And how we have been able to grow in that industry ourselves. So um, I think it's taking that message and being being able to consistently distribute it in multiple different ways so that uh, it doesn't matter whether maybe a customer or a fellow entrepreneur is going to be listening in a podcast or if they're interested in reading a blog post or if they're going to be going to a specific industry page or something like that.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. So you're taking the track of... a a topic and then creating information about that topic in multiple different types of media uh, instead of what we see some people doing is saying, this topic is better for podcasting, so I'm going to create a podcast about it. This topic is better for YouTube videos. This topic is better for blog posts. This is better for webinars uh, and kind of putting things into silos in that respect. But you're saying you're going to talk about X in a bunch of different ways, and let the consumer or your audience pick the best way for them to consume that content. Is that right?
1: That's correct. Because that's been the way that we've found to be the most successful. If we're going to put together an industry piece, let's say, for instance, um, there's a piece of compliance that uh, the manufacturing industry, particularly manufacturers that are uh, exporting their their uh, the things that they're manufacturing, they have to follow CTPAT, and I know CTPAD is very narrow. I don't know if many of your audience know what CTPAD is, but there's a large audience within manufacturing that certainly knows about CTPAT because it pretty much um, dictates what they have to do in their daily lives. And so when we're putting something out, we'll put a blog post out about it. Then we'll put uh, a podcast out about it. Uh, we'll be tweeting about it and consistently dever- delivering that message so that we can reach as many people as possible about the ways that CT pack can be frustrating and how the receptionist can, can handle and, and um, address the the different um, requirements of the compliance and how that can help somebody do their job better.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Interesting. Okay. I like it. I like the approach there. I think it's really, uh, really comprehensive. And I think you probably cover the topic a lot more thoroughly than people who, like I said, create those silos of a thing in, in a certain medium. So at this point I know you guys are early on in your podcasting kind of journey but I'd love to hear about your experience so far to kind of get to where you are and, uh, and 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 even admittedly if you're not maybe directly involved in some of the you know down in the weeds if you will as as probably some people listening are it'd be interesting to hear from kind of a sea level perspective what your impression of podcasting so far has been
1: yeah, and as you said, it's it, we' we're, we're early days. I've not uh, I've been a consumer of podcasts up until maybe about a month ago, and then we are becoming the producers of podcasts now. So I don't know if I have a lot of good information to share. I'm excited about it. Our first podcast got a lot more downloads than I'd originally thought, which was great. We did some marketing to our uh, existing customer base, and there's been uh, a positive response to that. but it really is early. Um, I think almost. I don't want to turn the question around and say, what is it that we could expect? And I think you know a lot about, maybe uh, far more about podcasting than I do, and, and uh, what what we should be looking at and what we might be able to expect and, and should be considering as we go forward.
0: Sure. Yeah. So I think you nailed one of the things uh, for sure that we that we harp on a lot is to to market your podcast to your existing audience because. We think about launching a podcast like launching another product. If you're a business, you know, your your podcast is an extension of your brand. It's going to reach people in a different way, or it's going to reach an entirely new part of your target audience just because, you know, they're podcast listeners and not blog post readers. Um, and so you should treat it like a launch, uh, like a product launch. And that means talking to your existing customers or your audience, if they're not customers already about it, um, including it wherever you already connect with your audience so if it's email go to email if it's social media go to social media if it's some sort of a community go to a community uh and and talk to them And, and i think that it's nice for for two reasons one is it lets your existing customer base know that you're active and engaging and kind of continuing the, the momentum that you have already with them, right? So like, hey, these guys care, they're putting the time and effort and energy into creating not just like a, uh, a bit of a self-serving uh, podcast just to, to boost your business, but you guys are really kind of going beyond that and saying like, we're being uh, kind of altruistic and talking about kind of the future of work and helping other entrepreneurs and things like that. Um, so I think that's a great thing to be able to show your existing audience. And, and there's gonna be some people that are not customers yet, but that are are kind of listening to what you have to say, and for them to hear, wow, these guys are creating a podcast, and they're talking about all this great stuff is fantastic, and and that it kind of trickles down from there. So I think you nailed one of the really important things, which is talking to your existing audience, um, and launching kind of with a bang is is important because people get that sense, like, hey, if we're really excited about the podcast launch, they're gonna they're gonna kind of feel that excitement on their end. So I think that's great.
1: Excellent. Excellent That's great advice.
0: Yeah, yeah. So as you're you know getting past the the first couple of episodes phase, I would love to uh kind of hear if you have thoughts about like content strategy for for the podcast specifically. I know we talked about kind of how you create content similar to other pieces that you're you're creating content for another medium, but generally for the podcast, do you have a, a specific content strategy for it? Or is it kind of following your your greater content strategy?
1: I think it's, it in most part does follow uh, our greater content strategy so that we have a consistent message that's going out to our audience. But there is a lot of content that we've already developed. And so we're in some cases supporting that. So for instance, as I talked about, we did a podcast about radical support and wasn't just sort of something that we decided, hey, one day we're going to start calling our support radical support. (laughs) We actually were very intentional and specific because one of the things that we consistently hear from our customers is how happy they are with our support, that we're extraordinarily responsive, we're not robotic, we are um, fun. And so we actually defined what our support is like and then used the term radical support to be able to support that. And that really um, has helped kind of drive one part of our business. So we spoke about that in one of the podcasts and what, what we were talking about there. Again, another one was something that from way back, I actually bought this business back in uh, late 2014, early 2015. And the predecessors of the company had started this concept of PND syndrome. So it was something we carried forward and we we write about and we talk about and when we're in a chat with a customer, you know, we can say, well, it sounds like you're suffering from PND syndrome. So we extended that into a, a podcast so that, as I was talking about before, now you can actually hear our voices around PND syndrome. And it's, a, it's kind of a funny, quirky thing to talk about. But it's so funny because as soon as you say the person nearest the door syndrome, people start to laugh. Because they're like, I know exactly what you're talking about I've right been that now. Guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've been that person. Yeah. I've been that person who's who's had somebody knock on my door every 15 minutes, and I can't get anything done. So, um, but we're also talking about office life and, and office culture, um, office design, how to um, put how to intentionally design your reception area so that you're really inviting your visitors. Uh, into, the, into your workspace, because in many cases, the time you walk into a company, this is the first time you see their the workspace. You see a little bit of their personality. You see how they welcome their visitors. What does it look like? What are, what are on the walls? Is there somebody there to greet me? Um, is there technology there? Or is there a visitor sign-in book? And it's an old lobby that's been there for 25 years. We talk about a lot of that and the impact that it has on your business and on the impression you're giving to your visitors, in many cases, your visitors are your customers. And so it's so important to start there. Um, and then you know, we really talk about safety, security, and compliance are three things that we're we're constantly discussing. So we'll have individual podcasts that'll be specifically about how do you use badges to make sure, you know, printed visitor badges with their picture on it so that. The office space is secure, that when somebody sees somebody else walking through the office space and they don't look familiar and they don't have a badge on, hmm, that's probably an indication maybe that person shouldn't be in the office or wasn't actually accepted into the office the way they should have been. And that can increase your security. So it's those sorts of things that for our customers, we want to be talking about the things that they're struggling with and, and how to solve those things. And as I said, there's always sort of a you know, an undertone of the same thing that we're always trying to do in terms of growing our business. So um, our content strategy is definitely an extension of the, the content, in some cases, we've already developed and the new content that we're developing um, at the same time. And we're always brainstorming around that. Uh, we hear a lot of uh, feedback from our salespeople and from our support people as well. As we learn about the challenges they're finding out from their the customers they're working with, and we want to bring those forward into um, our po- podcast, which, by the way, is called the Check In. Anybody wants to check it out? It is on iTunes and and pretty much everywhere else that you can find, uh, you know, podcasts. So, um, so that's that's essentially how we're we're focusing our content strategy.
0: That's wonderful. That's uh, that's some wonderful kind of pearls of wisdom. I think for for folks out there who are looking at. Creating a B two B podcast for their business, which is arguably a tough thing to do. Um, I think you really covered some fantastic points of why people would want a podcast and how and how to think about framing the story that you're trying to tell uh, around something like a podcast. Um, is there anything else? I guess specific to talking now specifically to other business owners out there that you've learned so far, or that that you thought. As you are getting into podcasting, hey, we need to do this because it fits with kind of our goals and our objectives and our and our culture as a business
1: yeah, I think I mean it really in our own culture, um I know that I'll talk to our director of engineering or I'll talk to our director of marketing or whatever else it is and and almost always a podcast comes up, hey, I heard on podcast this or hey, have you heard that podcast? Mm. And so as soon as you start hearing that, you start saying to yourself, don't I, don't I need to be a part of that discussion? And uh, so that's where we'd really like to see ourselves uh, be as well. I mean, some people might look at it as visitor management as you know, sort of a, uh, maybe a dry kind of topic, but there's so much that happens along those lines. That there are people whose responsibility are to secure and to make sure that they're compliant and that, uh, that they have a safe office environment. And the things that we're discussing on our podcast are really important to those people. And I suspect there's going to be people who are going to follow our podcast because we're really talking about that whole area of the business that many people are responsible for. And they want to hear new ideas. They want to hear... What are other businesses doing? Uh, and we frequently talk about that. We'll say that, you know, for instance, um, so, uh, something I tell customers just on a one-to-one basis, they'll say to me, you know what? We have this challenge. We have a locked door out front. And we're not sure how we can, you know organize our visitor management or, my, or our reception area so that uh, it's inviting and friendly, but we have a locked door situation. We can't just let them walk into the business. And so in many cases, I'll instruct those customers and this would be the type of content that we'll put on our blog post as well, is to put the iPad outside in a secure environment, outside of the locked door, and then have people check in on the iPad. The iPad will then notify the person they're there to meet. And so as soon as that person comes to to get that person, they can actually go and grab a, a visitor badge that's been printed out But the visitor badge printer is on the inside of the facility. Mm. And so the person or the employee is trained to go and get that visitor badge, welcome that person, open the door and say, here's your badge. And they hand it to them. They now know that they've made a direct connection with the person they're there to see. And that little trick of putting the printer on the inside and having the iPad on the outside, I don't know how many customers have said, oh, wow, that's a perfect solution to the problem we have. No longer do we have some sort of dead phone that's out there that you have to try to call somebody on or maybe there's a buzzer then if nobody's there to hear the buzzer they don't they don't come to the door so it creates a much better visitor experience and being able to deliver that information in a podcast i could see somebody driving down the road as they're going to work listening to a podcast and hear that and, and make that connection of wow that really is something we could do at our office, regardless of whether they're using our visitor management system or another visitor management system. I've now had the opportunity to engage with that person and then give them a piece of information that they wouldn't have otherwise probably been able to, to have unless I met with them one-on-one.
0: Right, right. So they walk into the office and say, hey, I heard this on a podcast. We had gotta, we to gotta set our visitor management system up this way, right?
1: Exactly. Exactly. Just like when the director of engineering and my director of engineering comes to me and says, have you heard about this thing called jobs to be done? Right. And I'm thinking, no, I've never heard of it. And then all of a sudden I'm listening to more podcasts about jobs to be done. That's something we did in another past episode. But so yes, definitely having the opportunity to share that information, which
0: that will help somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So yeah, folks can check out the check-in uh, in iTunes and everywhere else, I'm sure. Uh, and Andy, for folks who want to kind of reach out and connect with you online, where would be the best place to, to go?
1: Well, our website's the best place to go, and that's thereceptionist.com. We have a 14-day free trial of our software. Uh, we are the one of the top visitor management, iPad-based visitor management systems in the industry. We have an extraordinarily Um, comprehensive and configurable platform uh, that can be done by anybody. It's all point and click. It's super easy to use. You're using a web administration area to set up the questions you want to ask and the non-disclosures. And you can have videos and pretty much anything you can imagine in a visitor management system, Um, all hooked up to as many iPads as you want to run, either in a single location or multiple locations. So we encourage people to go to the receptionist.com and um, start a free trial. We have a little chat bubble in the bottom right-hand corner and we're always there to help everybody. And we're always there to provide radical support.
0: Awesome. Awesome. That's fantastic. Andy Alsop. Thanks so much for coming on the show today. Appreciate it. Thank you, Craig. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to another episode of podcast hackers. If you liked what you heard today, please head over to iTunes and leave a rating and review. This goes a long way towards helping spread the word about the show to other podcasters just like you. Until next time, happy podcasting!